Welcome to the Carolyn Shuttlesworth Podcast, where we'll dive deep into the Word of God, build strong faith, and finish the devil. Here's your host, author, speaker, and nonstop mom, Carolyn Shuttlesworth. All right, so today I'm going get, to get into it, uh, talking about this song that I can't stop singing, <laughs> and it's called Honey in the Rock. And the first uh, few lines of the song is, honey in the rock, water in the stone, manna on the ground. And I was like, man, that is all, that's all, that's it, that's it. Those three things sum up. Um, the ages for last gen is like, you, like youth group ages, Amber. So, you know, Miracle Word Kids is kind of like Maddie, you know, 12 and 11 and down, and then, um, uh, last, the last gen is, is youth grade and up, kids going into college, you know, high school, figure, figuring out what their next step is in life. But it's all different. I mean, you can look on Instagram and see all the different topics. Go to the podcast, see the different topics that's on there. You know, they deal with stuff that's more hit with that, that generation. Um, and so honey in the rock, water in the stone, manna on the ground. And I, and I was just like, you know, that when I found this song like three weeks ago, like just hit my spirit this entire time traveling uh, because it's such a big year for us. It's such a big year for things we're believing for, things we're believing for for other people uh, that we're trying, you know, that we're, we're, we're pulling in by faith from the supernatural into the natural. And I was like, you know what, if, if we can just remember those three things, honey in the rock and water in the stone and manna on the ground, like we, we don't have to worry. We won't have to fear. We don't have to wonder if God's going to be our provider. We don't have to wonder if he wants to take care of us. I mean, I went camping uh, last year in Montana and we drove into the mountains of Wyoming and there was like no service. So I really literally got to go outside and just stare at the trees and listen to the wind and watch the animals. And I just... Um, Hey, Mary Beth, I just looked around and I was like, there's not a care in the world out here. Literally not a care in the world, not a care. And I looked around at all the, the nature and the things that God has provided out there in the world. And I was like, the, these animals, like no, nothing out here wonders what's going on in the government. Where, where's my next bit of food gonna come from? You know, is gas high? Will I have a nest to sleep in? Will I have a burrow to, you know, bore a hole in? <laughs> so, you know, I just started thinking like, that is as a child of God, we get specific instructions that lead us to the blessings of God. Specific instructions. Now, obviously we have our own free will. We can decide, listen, I choose to obey or I'm going to choose to go a different direction. I choose to obey what, what God's step of faith that he's giving to me, or I choose to do it on my own. I, I choose to go this way. And so if you go to Deuteronomy, um, I'm going to go to Deuteronomy 32, because it's, it's, it's pretty much, you know, you guys know where um, Moses is with the Israelites and they're out wandering around the wilderness. And in 
verse 13, it said, now this is a prayer of Moses. This is, they call it the song of Moses, but it's, it, it's him talking out loud. So I'm just going to back up a few. Um, I want to get to 13. I'll, I'll start with nine. It says, for the people of Israel belong to the Lord. Jacob is his special possession. He found them in a desert land, in an empty howling wasteland. He surrounded them and watched over them. He guarded them as he would guard his own eyes. Like an eagle that uh, rouses her chicks and hovers over her young, so he spread his wings to take them up and carried them safely on his pinions. The Lord alone guided them. They followed no foreign gods. He let them ride over the highlands and feast on the crops of the fields. He nourished them with honey from the rock and olive oil from the stony ground. And, um, you know, Moses here is telling Israel how God was giving them what they needed in a place where they needed it. Now, how many of that true for us today? In a place of needing something, right? We're, we're always going to be in a place of needing and wanting. Yes, God fulfills our needs and our wants, but that's what we have to remember. And I wrote down, you know, honey appears to be in God's provision of abundance and the giving of something sweet and good to eat. He knew, you know, here they are traveling along through the wilderness and provision. Now, which is a miracle in itself. What rock are you splitting open that honey is coming out? Anywhere. It's not. It's not. And so it was, a, it was a direct where he said, I will give you honey in the rock. I will give you abundance. I will give you the goodness that I have for you. It will be sweet. It will be pleasurable to your life. It will make you happy. Okay? We have a good good father and and you know a lot of people including christians i don't even mean like heathens will portray him as somebody who gets angry at you who you know the word of god's all about forgiveness i mean and that's the main idea of salvation forgiving our sins but yet somehow people are so confused and walk around and it's almost like they look at God as like he didn't forgive them and just remembers their past and just remembers this. And it's like, no, I, I'm, I'm a good father. How much more? You know, you've got parents who aren't even believers and it's like, how much more? Or, or even parents that are believers, how much more? The Bible says more, more. Everything about the word of God is about increase. How much more? more. So if he can do a miracle where you've got people walking in the desert and honey, like literal honey is coming out of a rock, then what do you think he can do for you? You think he can't get you the best job? You think he can't provide for you in a time of need? He's not, he's looking down at you saying, well, I know that, you know, Leslie, I'm just using your name. I'm not saying this is you, but you, you know, Leslie could use a couple extra hundred dollars, but you know what? I'm just going to let her just, just work it out because you know what? It, it makes her stronger. It makes her stronger if I just, you know, release my hand on her and let her go off on, on her own. No, he's saying, listen, what, 
the, the favor of God. You live righteously. You walk in right standing. You live a pure life. You, you know, you, you have a relationship with your heavenly father. When you have a relationship with your heavenly father, when he's talking to you, you're going to hear his voice clearly. You're going to take a step of faith. You're going to do what he's asking you to do. And that's what they're doing here in the Bible. You know, Moses is like, listen, there's a promised land. I'm trying to get these people to it. I saved you from Pharaoh. And now this is what we're going to do. Now you're walking through the desert. But along your walk of obedience, along your direction, your steps of faith, you know, they're going by what Moses said. Listen, I'm your leader. I'm to take you out. I'm to rescue you. God's helping me. I'm going to walk you to the promised land. But you got to be obedient. You got to do what I say. As you're walking forward in faith, provisions there. As they were going through the wilderness and, and needing the abundance of God in their life, he showed up. Sometimes we, we get like that. We're like, listen, I feel like I'm walking in a desert right now. Things are drying up. There's always something that's due. There's always a bill. There's always something that's breaking down. Now, I'm not getting into the giving part today, but you know, there are money tests that come along your life. Seed time and harvest is a principle for being a Christian, for the word of God. You give, you receive. You give, you receive. What you give, you receive. Okay, so if you can, you can give of your time, you can give of your talent, you can, you know, give of your money, but just remember what you're giving, you're going to receive. So, you know, if you're always giving of your time, you're going you're to get that back. If you, if you need financial increase in your life, you have to get to a place where you start sowing above your tithe. Your tithe is not you giving, and like I said, I'm not getting into this, but your tithe is not you giving anything to the Lord. You're just giving back what is his. Okay, I know we always use the word give, so we we have that in our mindset, but you're not giving anything to the Lord. You're just giving back what is his. Your offering is what brings in the increase. Your offering is above your 10%, and that is your giving. That is your giving. Okay, so uh, in Psalm 81, I love Psalm, in Psalm 81, 13 through 16, it says, Oh, that my people would listen to me. Oh, that Israel would follow me walking in my paths. How quickly I would then subdue their enemies. How soon my hands would be upon their foes. Those who hate the Lord would cringe before him. They would be doomed forever. But I would feed you. He's talking to you. He's talking to the righteous. I would feed you with the finest wheat. I would satisfy you with the wild honey from the rock. So God is going to give us what we need in a place where we need it. In a place where we need it. All right. So then there's water from the rock. Water from the rock. Um, in, in Exodus, so there's two times that water comes out of the rock with Moses. The first time he strikes the rock and water flows out. Okay, so you're in a desert, right? You have all these people that need provision. And God says, listen, I spoke. That's where we have to get. We have to really, really, really 
take God's word at face value. Like, I know that's just, when I say some things, I feel like, yeah, it's such a basic, basic thing to say about the word of God, but I deal with so many people that are overthinking things. And it's like, listen, you have to take it for face value. He's going to give us an instruction in life. Every step we take, every time we're doing something, he's giving us an instruction of life and we're going to move forward for it. He's going to tell us where to go. So he's doing that, you know, and the people of Israel and Moses, they all got, you know, messed up along the way because they got impatient. They didn't think God was going to provide. They thought, where, where is God? Where is the God you said that was going to save us? That's how they got in trouble. That's how they built the, the, the gold uh, idols. When Moses came down from doing the Ten Commandments, the people got impatient. We don't need to be impatient during our waiting time. We need to stand on the word of God. God said, I will provide for you. God said, you will not be without. Now, we have our part to do, which is our seed time and harvest. And so in stepping out in our obedience and when God says do something, we move. When God says it's going to be okay, we don't try to figure it all out. We don't try to have all our ducks in a row. We don't try to have the whole puzzle piece laid out in front of us. Here's the puzzle, okay? But that, I look at that like that's how I look at faith. Like I feel like I get pieces of a puzzle and when I get a piece and then I get confirmation, I get a piece and I get confirmation by something, you know, good happening, uh, the next step and the next step. And then it all comes together as one big puzzle. But it's not faith if we see it all in advance. So here it is. Moses, they need water. He, he provides another provision that God does by a miracle. There's no water coming out of rocks here. Okay, there's water coming over rocks and waterfalls, but nothing coming out when you hit a rock. When you hit a rock, it just cracks into a bunch of pieces. And so here's the provision. God said, listen, I told you this is where you're supposed to go. How many times has God told us to go do something, to go move somewhere, to go take a job, to go buy this, to go invest in this, to go start this? And we're like, listen, I don't have I don't have it all. I don't have all the pieces. I don't, I don't think I can do it. But he said, listen, every step you take, provision will be along the way. That's what we're learning that with, with the, looking at the children of Israel. When they got impatient is when they got in trouble. When they got impatient is when something wrong happened. God was angry, you know. Moses never even got to get, to get to the promised land. He, you know, it, thankful for God's um, forgiveness with the, the new covenant. But I mean, he, didn't, he, he just got to peak. There it is, way down there. I'd spent 40 years and I don't even get to set foot in it. Um, you know, from the decisions. We should not get impatient waiting on provision. It's going to come. You just have to continue to praise God, continue to sow, continue to believe, continue to speak right, believe right. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 13, I believe, therefore I speak. So our believing has to be on point with the word of God. Do we believe the right things? That's how we get messed up in our confession. I've done a lot on confession because our confession could be wrong. It's not confessing the word of God. You don't have to make new things up. If you feel like I'm stuck on confession, literally confess 
the written words that are in the Bible. You don't need to come up with something cute or rhymes or belongs on a meme. Literally, just confess scripture. You know what I'm saying? Like if you feel like, I can't think of a confession for some reason or I can't, I just, I don't know where to start or where to begin. Literally just confess the word. You can't go wrong there. The Bible says in Isaiah that his word will not return void, right? His word. So when his word is spoken, when his word goes forth, it can't come back empty. And it says it always accomplishes what it's sent to do. Always. Not sometimes, not 98.8%, always accomplishes. But we have to make sure what's coming out of our mouth is the word of God. What's coming out of our mouth is laying the good foundation. I believe, therefore, I speak. So then there's another time that Moses struck the, the rock for water. But the, the, um, he, he disobeyed God. He disobeyed God. And for that, that's what I'm saying, he never got to go to the promised land. The second time that the water was struck, <laughs> the rock, God said, speak. So see how important it is? When God says to do something, you do exactly, you walk in obedience. He said to speak to the rock for the water to come out. Now, instead, he hit it twice like he did the first time. Now, the first time was okay because it was in the instruction of God. The second time he did it because he was mad at the people and he struck the rock and water still came out and God still provided. He never wants us, he never wants his children to fail. He never wants us to be without. But he, he angered God and he said, listen, sorry, Charlie, you ain't going to the promised land because you didn't do what I told you to do. The instruction was to speak to the rock, not hit the rock. And so um, we're not going to forget what God did for us in our past. If he did it before, he'll do it again. He'll do it again. And so we're going to take that honey from the rock. We're going to take the water from the rock. We're in a dry place. Sometimes, like I said, we can feel that way. There's stuff coming at us all different directions doesn't matter we're going to know that God is our provider and know why he's our provider you know there's lots of times people like can say God's my provider but they there's no, where's where's like like why do you believe that they can't even tell you why they believe it it's like well it's just because of what I've always heard in church but then that's what I'm saying when you know when you have a revelation of who God is when you have a revelation of his nature when you know what a good, you know, my children have a revelation of their dad's nature. They know his soft spots. They know how to get to him. They know how much he loves them by how he takes care of them, how he is with them. And so when you know how good your father is and you have a, a knowing, when you have a revelation of it, like that light bulb comes on, it's so easy to walk out his word when you know that. And so then manna on the ground, if you go to Exodus 16, um, my Bible, my Bible had a tragedy in Michigan. Ted filled up like the sink that was in the, uh, 
filled up like a sink that was in our living room part of our room that he had dumped coffee and stuff in but he never drained it so I didn't know and I set my Bible up on the counter and it tipped in and was submerged in dirty coffee water so my Bible pages are a little funky right now. All right, so manna on the ground, Exodus 16. I won't read the entire thing, but um, in verse 4, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Look, I'm going to rain down fruit from heaven for you each day. Now, it's important to notice this because we can get so trapped in thinking what's going to happen tomorrow. I have to, now listen, don't get that wrong with preparing, obviously, because you can think of Joseph. He told the visions, he had the dreams, and he prepared for the famine that was coming. So that's what I'm saying. Don't get preparation in your faith, like murky waters. Like you're like, well, if I prepare, I'm not living by faith. It's like God will speak to you though. God spoke to them though and gave an instruction. So we, we can't get that whole like, uh, I'm, I'm preparing and I'm not, you know, and that's not living by faith because you got people that are like that. You got people that will be like, oh, they said that, you know, in the fall, there's going to be a food shortage. So, oh, you went over and you got some stuff, you know, in your cabinets, in your garage, on your shelves. You're not living by faith. You're living by fear. No, because if God spoke to you, you know, and said, listen, he spoke to Joseph and he, he was able to, to store all that wheat and everything and feed him. And then here, bringing his brothers back around, restoration, whole bunch of stuff. So it has nothing to do. I'm not fearful that I'm ever going to be without, but it's okay to be prepared. I'm not fearful that I'll, but I know if the Lord, now, if, if I feel the Lord to tell me to go do something in regards to that preparation, then I know that God's giving me a warning. I know that God's giving me an instruction to be okay. So here's an instruction here, but they still didn't listen. I'm telling you, like these Israelites were just as dumb as stumps. They are so blessed that they still got to get to the promised land. I know like the first of them were wiped out, but <laughs> the younger ones still, they're all frustrating. Ugh. And then the Lord said to Moses, I'm going to rain down food from heaven for you. Each day, the people can go out and pick up as much food as they need for that day. For that day. I will test them to see whether or not they follow my instructions. Okay? So here we go. Make sure. So there are testings still in the new covenant that go on. Not testings from things that he's redeemed you from. That's people like to do that, that whole, like, he's testing me through the sickness, makes me stronger, all that nonsense. No, there's stuff like the money test or, you know, will, if you got this, would you sew it? If you were to go here, would you, you know what I'm saying? There are going to be tests that he gives to us to overcome. And he says it right here. Whether or not they'll follow my instruction. On the sixth day, they'll gather food. And when they prepare it, there will be twice as much as usual. So Moses and Aaron said to all the people in Israel, by evening you will realize it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. In the morning you'll see the glory of the Lord because he has heard your complaints which are against him, not against us. 
What have we done that you should complain about us? Then Moses added, the Lord will give you meat to eat in the evening and bread to satisfy you in the morning. For he has heard all your complaints against him. What have we done? Yes, your complaints are against the Lord, not us. And so he told them, listen, that evening, go down to verse 13, vast numbers of quail flew in and covered the camp. The next morning, the area around the camp was wet with dew. When the dew evaporated, a flaky substance as fine as frosted blanketed the ground. Then the Israelites were puzzled when they saw it. What is it? They asked each other. They had no idea what it was. And Moses told them, it is food the Lord has given you to eat. Direct delivery from heaven. A direct delivery from heaven. Provision, supernatural provision on our lives is a direct package from heaven. And he's still doing it today. He's still doing it today. And he said, it's the food the Lord has given you to eat. These are the Lord's instructions. Each household should gather as much as it needs. Pick up two quarts for each person in your tent. Every, but when they measured it out, everyone had just enough. Those who gathered a lot had nothing left over, and those who gathered only a little had enough. Each family had just what it needed. So look, <clears throat> when they listened to the Lord's instructions, it says they had just what they needed. They had just what they needed. Okay? And he said, Moses told them, do not keep any of it until morning. And I love that test because it's like, what did you believe? Did you believe that this was your last time God was going to bless you? Did you believe this was the last bit of provision? You know, we get like that with stuff. Somebody gets us something nice. Oh, we finally buy something nice. And it's like, we're going to leave it. That's the last nice thing we're ever going to get. And we're never going to sew it. We're never going to get rid of it. We're never, you know what I mean? The whole we're never mindset pops in. I've never had anything this nice. I'm never going to give that away. It's the whole never. Well, that's what happened to them. They said, look at this. We're in the desert. We've got, you know, manna. What is this? It was so good. It tasted so good. And they collected it. They're like, yeah, but, but we make it all tonight and we eat it all tonight. Their whole mindset. We're not going to have anything for tomorrow. We're not going to have anything for tomorrow. But they're obviously, see, God gives us an instruction not to hurt us. His instruction was because he was going to provide again. He never wants you to have the old. He always wants you to have the new. He never wants you to have the borrowed. He always wants you to have the new. And so he said, I'm going to test them. I can give manna whenever I want. I'll give fresh manna every single day. My people will never be without. Um, here's my instruction. Will you let it go? Will you do what I said? Will you eat it all tonight and not carry it into the next day? And we have to do that with our stuff today. We got to have like a check to look at, to look at our stuff, to look at ourself. Can we give up? Can we give up things? Can we let things go that mean so much to us? Do things have us? When things don't have you anymore, God knows he can bless you big. 
when things don't take control of your life, when you're not worried. You know, when, when 2020 happened, I was in the middle of a meeting and Tiffany and I would be, we were in Michigan and we'd go to the grocery store just for normal stuff because we were there for a week of meetings and this is when everything hit and everything was off the shelves and we're gone. Like we're, we're, we're traveling. So we're not stocking up on stuff back at home. Can I tell you how many toilet pieces of toilet paper I was out? Zero. And I have a family of five. Plus I had guests the whole time. Like the more they told me to keep people away from my house and the more they told me not to have visitors, I had more visitors. I had more people in my house then. So it's like I'm honoring when it comes against things like that. You're telling me not to do it and it wasn't logical and you were trying to instill fear on me. So then I want to do the complete opposite. So I never was without, I never had to borrow toilet paper from anybody. I never, I never, I literally, it always was there for me when I had to go to the store. It always was there for me when I needed to get it. I never ordered it and paid $100 for three rolls. Never, never, never had to do that. I was never without paper towels. We were never without food. We ate like kings and queens. We never missed a beat. I refused when the world was literally going insane. I refused to let that feeling come into my home. I refused. I never, my kids never knew what chaotic things were happening in this world. Never, never, never. Mm -mm. They, they never felt it. Nothing stopped for them. Nothing was different for them. Everything was the same. That's right, Linan. Never missed a beat. Never missed a beat. By, it was by far our best year ever anyway in the ministry. We grew, uh, when our, we did our taxes for 2020, we grew over double for the ministry than any other year. So I always say at this point, you know, anytime the world wants to go in a crisis, if they want to stay in a crisis, good. It benefits us, benefits the believers, it benefits the righteous, it benefits the ones who are living by faith. When the world's in a crisis, bring it on because I get the blessing. <laughs> and so he, he wants to give us something new all the time. He said, listen, eat that manna because the next day I can give you a fresh blessing. And you know, and that's what he wants to do for us today. He has something fresh for us. He doesn't have second best for you. He doesn't have just enough for you. He doesn't have, you know, uh, struggle a little bit, then it will be okay, you'll know my goodness and you'll love me more for you. He doesn't operate that way. Honey in the rock, water in the stone, manna on the ground are all miracles of provision for the children of God, walking in obedience to God's word, walking in obedience to God's word. As long as you're giving, as long as you're in the word, have a relationship, praying, walking in right standing with God, you're never going to be without. What does the Bible say when it says um, the Lord's Prayer? Give us this day our daily bread. The reason it says daily, it's not just because, you know, somebody just felt like putting that word in. He's showing you daily bread, daily bread. He's got daily miracles, daily provision that's fresh, not stale bread. He said, listen, 
you, this bread's for Wednesday. This bread, this miracle, this is what I have for you today. This is the favor I have for you for Wednesday. What is today's date? The 13th? Okay, so this is what I have for Leslie on April 13th and Lenan and Ashley and Bonnie. This is what I have for you today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't, that we're, tomorrow hasn't come, the Bible says. Don't worry about it. Focus on today. What do I have for you today? Right, Grace? What are, what are the blessings? What are the miracles? What are you believing God for today? Tomorrow is another day. You'll have daily bread tomorrow. You'll have, you know, in the New Testament, talks about Jesus being the living water. Look at that. Coming from the stone, Jesus is the cornerstone. You can match things up here back and forth with the Old Testament and the New Testament. Salvation, living water, I mean, rivers flowing out of us. You know, we can, we can group it all together, but he's got daily stuff for us. We never have to worry about. He knows our wants. He knows our prayers. He knows our desires. So we don't have to want. We just have to focus on today. What good came out of today? Well, I have a great testimony for you that came out of today from Jenna, now that I see your name on there. And I'll end the broadcast with this. So at different times, uh, the people that work with the ministry, um, Ralph and Jenna, Heather and Zach, Tiffany uh, is here already in Florida, my nephew Alex, um, but the other part of the team uh, has all worked completely fine in other states. We meet up for meetings, everything we do, you know, everything now is done through conference calls, digital, you know, di it's everything's so digital that you don't have, you don't have to necessarily work together in an office to have a business to get things done. But I knew that as the team grew, God was assembling us together. Now, I will never tell anybody to make a move. God has to tell you to make a move. It has to be a God thing because it's not my instruction that you step out on. It's his instruction that you step out on. But through prayer and fasting, I had my team in the last year in 2021 uh, come to me at different times privately and said, during prayer and fasting, during this, um, I felt to move down to Florida so we can all be together, so we can all work together. God has us stepping into some big and exciting things. And so it's no doubt in my mind that that was the first thing, assemble everybody. God was assembling everybody together. Okay, well, with 2020 happening, <laughs> And I love it because it goes along with, I mean, it couldn't have been more perfect as I'm walking out the door. It goes along with the world's crisis. Why do we have to suffer from the world's crisis? Because house prices have gone up. Florida right now is insane. It's like one of the number one states people want to move to. Rental prices, if I told you, okay, I will tell you, but rental prices are insane <coughs> right now in Florida. You can't get anything less than... Um, I would really say $4,500 for a three or four bedroom house is like low. And what's happening is house rentals are staying on the market for maybe a day and 
people are outbidding each other. So <laughs> Genesis 4500 gets you crap. And so you could say, oh, I found a house. Here's everything. Here's $4,500. And then within an hour, somebody says, I'll give you five. I'll give you 5,500. I'm not kidding. I'll give you six. I'll give you seven. I mean, it's like bidding wars for house rentals. It is insane. Um, you've, you've got some apartment places that are like $2,500 to $3,000 for like a one to two bedroom. Okay. Florida right now is insane. But God told my team to move here. So what does that mean? Does that mean we're going to have to suffer? Does that mean we're going to have to, you know, struggle? But wait a second. God gave us an instruction. God gave my team an instruction. They said to move to Florida. Okay. So that means they're going to have to have favor. We're not confessing divine possession to blow hot air out, to just sound spiritual. We believe in this is a year of divine possession um, for us, for, the, for this year, divine possession, divine ownership. Okay, so Jenna and Ralph were like, you know what? We feel so strong to get down there. We need to get down there. We want to rent for one to two years anyway because we don't know the area, and we're going to look around at house, houses, but we just know we need to get to Florida. And, you know, that was the same thing that happened with us. It was like, listen, God said go. We just need to go. We came down here. We rented for two years, got the lay of the land, found a house, which was supernatural. Uh, most of you know that story, and, and bought a house. So that's kind of like what they wanted to do. They were like, we just want to get down there. But, I mean, like, it was insane. They would find a place, and they'd like, oh, I like it. And I kept telling Jenna, I'm like, I don't want you far from me. Like, I either want you in my neighborhood or like across the street. Like, you have a five-minute radius that you're allowed to go to. <laughs> Started to speak up. I got a five-minute radius that I want you to be able to go to. I want you close. You're moving all the way to Florida. I want you close. And she's like, and I, I know it. I know it. I know it. And so there was this one particular house that they were all excited about and went to um, make an offer on and, uh, didn't get it. And I'm telling you, it was the one place out of all the places they've tried. The one place that I was like, hold up, Lord. Hmm. I had a feeling about that one. That place is right outside my neighborhood. It's right across the street from the gate of my neighborhood. And I was passing it the last three days and I'm like, okay, Lord, I just feel like like that's supposed to be where we're at. It, I, I've, I, I've had the feeling with several things in the last few years, so I just, I know my feeler on it. And I was like, that is it. Okay, so <laughs> Jenna and Ralph have to move to Texas and they have to move to a different state every summer based on Ralph's job. And today they were getting ready to go. So anyway, they put an offer on the house couldn't get it. Somebody came in, swooped it up for a lot more money than what, and Ralph and Jenna went up on the price too to offer it. And someone came in and was like, nope, and not worth it for the price that those people got it for. So they, their agent called them right before they're just packing up. I mean, their truck loaded on a mover truck heading to Texas. They're wrapping everything up. And uh, Jenna and Ralph get a call from their agent who's our friend down here at church 
And he's like, listen, this is so God, like my mind is blown right now. The agent that on the other house in the neighborhood you really wanted, that's by Carolyn, was so moved by you. Now listen, this lady has never met Ralph and Jenna. Never met Ralph and Jenna, but the favor of God moved this real estate agent to call our real, oh, Jenna and Ralph's real estate agent, my friend Gary, and say, listen, she has clients. It's in the same neighborhood that they wanted. It's actually, we like it better. It's really nice inside. Um, and it, I mean, it just, the story gets better. And so it's really nice inside and um, I'm not even going to list it. I talked to the owners and they said they will, they will just go ahead and give it to Jenna and Ralph. But this is how you know divine possession has taken into effect. Because let me tell you, you can't get a place down here. When I say it, I mean it. And I'm telling you, it's so expensive that this is how you know it's divine possession because divine, what did I've always been saying what divine is? It's not like anything else. It can't come off the shelf. It's not happening to everybody. While everyone else is overpaying and outbidding, the agent says to Ralph and Jenna, what would you like to pay for rent? Hey, Woo! what would you like to pay for rent? And so <laughs> Ralph and Jenna said, well, why you ask? This is what we would like to pay. And they accepted it. Bam, done. They're moving down. Everybody put those clapping hand emojis. I want dancing. I want screaming. I want woohoo. Praise God. That's right, Bethany, because that right there is divine possession. So they stepped out on a word. They said, listen, God, moving to Florida is going to cost us a heck of a lot more a month. But we know that you instructed us to do it. Okay, now here's a list of what I want. Wait, Lord, this is where I wanted it. Wait a second. It looked like I didn't get what I wanted, but you provided for my family at a lower price when I wanted it, even the month I wanted it. Because what are we in right now? Middle of April. Most people are like, hey, you got to be in by May 1st. They even said to Jenna and Ralph, please tell me what date works for you. And so she gave them the date that works for her family. So everything was on Ralph and Jenna's timeline, which was God's timeline. And when you line it up with the right timeline, there you go. You get divine possession and you get provision and you're provided for. So now they're where they wanted to be at the time they wanted to be at a price lower than what they thought they were going to have to pay and were getting way outbidded for. And God did it. God did it. And so if he did it for them, he's no respecter of persons. He will do it for you. This is not our time. This is not our time to back down. This is not our time to say, I'll take whatever comes my way. This is our time to walk into our rightful rightful ownership of the possessions that God has for us. God is a good father waiting to bless us, waiting to answer our prayers. We have to follow the instruction. Just like he said here, he said, instruct them, eat all the manna that day because tomorrow's a new day and I got more miracles and more blessings. So here's the great thing. 
You think that one good thing is the last testimony that Ralph and Jenna are going to receive? No. That was, their, that was their manna. That was their honey in the rock. That was their water in the stone. That was their provision. That was their miracle for April 13th. That was their miracle for Wednesday. They're going to wake up tomorrow with new mercies, new joy, new daily bread, new miracles, new possessions in Jesus' name. And the same goes for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for always coming through on what you tell us. Thank you for each and every person that's watching today, listening to the replay, listening to the podcast, that provision is an inheritance for the children of God. It's a God-given right of ours. Lord, as we step out in, in our giving, in our sowing, in our obedience to the word of God, we will always pass every instruction that you give to us, every test that comes before us. For just like in John, we are sheep that know the shepherd's voice. You'll never lead us astray. You'll never lead us down a bad path. You'll never leave us in the valley, Lord. You ask us to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We don't have to fear evil. We don't have to fear lack. We don't have to fear the things of this world. We're not on their system. Lord, we are part of another kingdom. Thank you, Jesus, that you provide for us when it looks like there is no way. Just like when ravens brought manna, Lord. Constant provision constantly will always be with more than enough. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness as we continue to walk in 2022 in divine possession, divine ownership, that you bless the Victory Tribe. You bless these ladies as they continue to step out in faith this year, that the goodness of God, divine possession comes into their life, that it's going to be a miraculous wonder. People will be in awe and awe of the goodness on their life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I've missed you all. I know I, I, I still get to talk to you on social media, but I love spending time with you. This is a fantastic week. It's one of my favorite weeks of the year. Even though I love Christmas so much, I love the meaning of Easter and Resurrection Sunday. And, and if he didn't do, if he didn't do what he did this weekend, man, think about it, the love that he did for us. So we don't have to walk in sickness and disease and we don't have to walk in fear and bondage and invisible prisons. We don't have to, uh, you know, have no comfort. He's our comforter. He died for that. He's our provider. He's our savior. He's He's, he's goodness. He's our joy. He's love. He's given us the opportunity to walk this earth like heaven on earth. And I love it. I love Palm Sunday. Just represents a triumphal entry into what he did for us that's so great that he laid his life down for us. So I'll see you on Friday, on Good Friday. I love you guys so much. Have a great midweek. It's probably going to be like May when we blink our eyes after Easter. But I love you guys so much, and I'll see you in a couple days.